Welcome to another episode of Rice Opinion. I'm your host, Zachariah Rice. Now, before I get started, I would like to uh, make aware that my older brother has a podcast of his own. It's, uh, I, I think it's something on the lines of Matthew Super Rice. If you have a, a chance to check it out, please check it out. Now, I would like to extend some thank yous out to everybody that have listened to my podcast. And I would like to extend a shout out and a thank you to my neighbor who has donated a computer for this cause. Now, today's topic, as promised last week, I will be touching base on the debate that I did watch. I promise you I did watch it. And who I'm leaning more towards. Now... There are a lot of podcasts out here that are going to be pressuring you into voting for Donald Trump because of this, 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 and this. I'm not that podcast. I'm not that person. I will not pressure you into going one way or another. What I will do is lay down the facts. The fact of the matter is, there's a lot of supporters out there that are pinning Joe to a wall because of this whole tax thing. Well, let me set the record straight, America. Let me prove to you right now, from the credible sources that I have, nothing that I tell you has not been backed by facts. Nothing that I tell you, no opinion that I have, I have not researched for myself. I love history. I love researching history and And all that stuff. And for me, the history of our country will be declared in November. Whether we remain with Trump or whether we remain with, or whether we elect Joe Biden. But me personally, I'm hoping and praying we elect Joe Biden. Because Joe has a tax plan. Joe has a plan in general. Where's Donald's plan? Joe has stated that he will raise taxes, but here's the deal, America. He's only raising taxes on those who make more than $400,000 a year. That's right. You heard me correctly. And he is talking about raising the minimum wage to at least $15. That doesn't necessarily mean that the more we make, the more we'll have to pay in taxes. Whoever wrote that out should check their credible source. I mean, there's been times in history that we've had, you know, certain kinds of minimum wage and our taxes never rose. I mean, think all the way back to, you know, Wilson, President Wilson, or think all the way back to you know, a little bit further, President, you know, John Quincy Adams, or, you know, James Polk. I mean, we had struggling times at that time, and our president took it seriously. Look at FDR. Look at John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy stated that we will go to the moon 
He said, we are not doing this because it is easy. We are doing this because it is hard. And where did we go? We went to the moon. FDR stated that the only thing that a man should have to fear is fear itself. But I mean, if FDR was to look at the White House now, would he feel the same way? Because I guarantee you do have certain Americans out here that are scared. That are scared of the things that are coming out of Donald Trump's mouth. I mean, he made a joke about shooting bleach. You know some guy took it seriously. I mean, I'm not saying that's Donald's fault. But I mean, a president like that that's making jokes like that, in my opinion, shouldn't remain in office. Now, Joe also has several plans to help the Native American culture and the Native American community. On that standpoint, I have to say that I do not agree with half the things that Donald Trump himself is doing for the Native American community. I mean, he held a, a press conference or a rally out of a Native American reservation, and he stood right in front of a picture of President Andrew Jackson. Now, for those of you who are unaware, President Andrew Jackson, the man who basically started the genocide of Native American people, the man that basically put the Trail of Tears in motion, and you have our current president, Standing in front of a picture of that guy. Had it been any other picture, it would not have raised any red flags, but this is particularly hurtful. This tears the strings and the hearts of every Native American that is here, and I still believe to this day that this land belongs to the Native American people, the indigenous people, our tribe, our people, and we need to make the strides to give part of that land back to them. We need to give things back to the Native American people. The ones who paved the way for us. We had we had white man come over. Murder our children. Take our women. Take our land. Take our way of life. They took our dignity. We've been fighting for years to get that back. Native people have been standing side by side for years. I myself, I am Cherokee. I am Cherokee Indian. But at this point in time, I don't believe that it matters what tribe you're from, whether you're Lakota, whether, whether you're Cherokee, whether you're Cheyenne. It doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that we are coming together. I mean, look at the, look at the Lakota pipeline. Look at how it turned out. We had Native American protesters. We had people that were peacefully protesting for them to stop. And what did our government do? What did the people in the police uniforms do? They were attacking people with mace. They were shooting pepper spray in people's eyes. 
They were shooting water at people. People could have got hypothermia. People could have went blind. People could have died. All for what? Some oil? Well, I'm sorry. You know, I don't agree with the oil business. I don't. Because oil water itself, I can't drink. We are literally polluting Mother Earth's veins. We are polluting the the blood source of this earth. And what? We're supposed to look away from it? I refuse. I refuse to look away. Until Donald Trump can tell me, until Donald Trump can tell the American people what he's doing, what he's going to do to help the indigenous lives that are out here, I'm not backing him. I'm just not. I will never agree with Donald Trump. Now, those of you who might be listening might think that makes me a bad guy. And you can think what you want to, I guess. But that doesn't change my mind. That doesn't change the way I feel about this country. It doesn't change the way that I feel about the people that were here. The people that went through everything. And I can tell you right now, the cure for coronavirus may be in your backyard. It may be the one thing that you cut all the time. Are you ready, ladies and gentlemen? The solution may be mulling. Have you thought about it? Have you asked yourself, when was the last time you took that mulling plant outside seriously? Maybe next time, instead of mowing the grass and not checking everything, you can check that mulling plant. Pick some mulling. Make some tea out of it. Our way of life is being tested. And it's not just natives. It's everybody. You look at the African-American community. Their unemployment rate when Obama was in office was 7%. Donald Trump takes office and guess what? It's jumped up to 17. This economy was better off when Joe Biden and Barack Obama were in office. Donald Trump and Mike Pence inherited this economy and they took credit for it. That's not a great president in my book. He should have gave the credit to Obama instead of throwing it under, under the butts like it was nothing. He's been working and is still working to this day to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, if he gets rid of that, your health insurance may be in trouble. So we have to think about stuff like this when we go out to vote. We have to consider all options. I don't want you to be fearful. I don't want you to be scared. For those of you that are batting around here in your head and wondering, you know, I absolutely have to vote for Donald Trump because this may happen. No, you don't. You don't have to vote for Donald Trump. I did not. I did not. If you are with Joe and you are behind Joe then vote for Joe. If you are with Donald and you are behind Donald, then vote for Donald. But people like me, you are not changing my mind. 
You are not changing the way that I think. And I think this, this country was better off without Donald in office. That's my personal opinion. Now, you can take it with a grain of salt or you can take it with a bowl of rice. But honestly, I think everything needs to go back to the way it was before. I mean, another thing that I agree with Joe on is the new Green Deal. Green New Deal that he's got. Basically, he wants to take this country and he wants to do more solar energy. He wants to do more solar power. And I agree with him. I absolutely agree with him. Because think about it this way, America. When was the last time you could say that you have not, have not paid anything on your electric and didn't have to worry about it? When was the last time you could say that your electric bill was not $400? When was the last time that you could say that your energy didn't come from a power line? Now, I myself, I have had the luxury of living a life, testing out a life without electricity. And though part of it made me feel uncomfortable, there was part of it that I really enjoyed. I didn't have to worry about that extra expense. I could use that to take care of my family. There was a lot of things that I learned. There's a lot of things you can do by hand. Nature provides this stuff. I mean, a lot of the products that we have out here, you're spending $400, $500 when you could go out to the tree behind your yard and pluck the, the ingredients and the materials to do it. You go out to the plant that you're growing in your garden and you can get the supplies and the materials. You could get the healthy foods that you need if you grow it. We don't have to rely on the government to bail us out. No, we are a human race. We are Americans. We are the United States of America. And it's time that we stand up and we act like it. We start fighting back. We start saying that enough is enough. We stand up and we say, hey, we've had enough of this fight. We have enough of being pushed around. Things need to change. And I'm sorry if we don't. If we don't do that, then nothing's ever going to change. People are still going to be racially profiled. People are still going to be killed by the color of their skin. People are still going to be discriminated against at work because of the color of their skin or the, or the content of their character. If you have a chance, look back in history. Look at Martin Luther King's speech. I mean, the man was shot down and killed for what he believed in. We have a day dedicated to him, and what do we do with it? We squander it. We go back to the one thing that he tried so hard to change. We revert back to the racist lives that Abe Lincoln and Martin Luther King, they all paved the way. Malcolm X, they all paved the way to try to change this stuff. And we as a society right now are literally taking it, rubbing it in their face, and guess what? 
That means they didn't make no change. They didn't make no change. You know why they didn't make no change? It's very simple. We didn't listen. We didn't hear what they had to say. We don't have enough common sense. Common sense, everybody. To understand the words that they were preaching were being preached for a reason. We've been fighting for change for the longest time and the only change we've ever had is on the bad end. I mean, the last four years, look at the last four years. All of us are struggling. Poverty is getting bigger. People are losing jobs, losing their lives. But you know who's been benefiting the most? Mr. Trump. That's right, America, Mr. Trump. Oh, he's been having the time of his life. He's been doing great things. Did you know he still has a Chinese bank account? I'll wait for the likes and the comments to come in on all those people that ha actually have a secret Chinese bank account. If I had a secret Chinese bank account, then I wouldn't be doing the podcast in my house. I'll tell you that. I'd be doing it in my own little office. But I don't have the luxury of that. Because some of us actually have to work for everything that we get. Some of us are actually struggling to find work because nobody wants to hire due to this pandemic. Nobody wants to reach out their hand and say, hey, I'll give you a shot. Because everybody's worried about the fact that if I go outside, I'm going to get sick. That's what they're worried about. But you know how you prevent from getting sick? Do everything that they're telling you to do. Do everything they're telling you to do to prevent this COVID. Wash your hands. I mean, does it really take too much time out of your day just to wash your hands? I mean, I think it's like twinkle, twinkle, little star twice in a row. I mean, the mask thing, I can agree with Trump on. Honestly. I mean, I don't think a lot of these masks out here are really designed to protect against this stuff. Because think about it this way. If you fart, does your underwear protect your fart? Does it protect the air from coming out of your butt? I think not. So what's to say that this mask is protecting the air that is coming through due to the COVID? And on second thought, we are human beings. We are the opposite of plants. Plants need to breathe in, you know, carbon dioxide and release oxygen. We are the opposite. We release carbon dioxide and we breathe in oxygen. But we're wearing these masks all the time. We are wearing these masks all the time. We are being exposed to carbon dioxide all the time. And I guarantee you the next couple of years, by the time this virus is over, we are going to see a jump in carbon dioxide cases because of these masks. Because of the mask policy. Now, that's one thing that I can disagree with Joe Biden on. That's one thing I do disagree with him. I don't think it should be mandatory to wear a mask. I don't think we should have to wear a mask through every minute of our lives. I mean, think about the children out here, the grandchildren that don't get to hug their grandmothers. 
the grandchildren, the children that don't get to see their papas, the children that are losing their parents. And then we get to the subject of immigration. Immigration. This mysterious wall that's supposed to protect illegal aliens. Have you thought to yourself for just one second that maybe these illegals that we're calling aliens may be escaping their country for some kind of reason and they want to be free? I mean, there's been children at the border of Mexico that's been separated by their parents. What are we doing to find those parents? And what does Donald Trump say? Oh, they was brought over by coyotes. They weren't brought over by coyotes. They were brought over by their parents. They have been put into a situation they may never see their parents again. Their parents may be looking for them right now and there's no hope for them. We need to fix a lot of things in the Capitol. And maybe a change of scenery and maybe a change of president can do it. Now, the last time that I can recall that a president did not serve a full eight years, I think, was Nixon. Because of the whole Watergate scandal and all that stuff. And then Gerald Ford took office. But think before that. Think long and hard before that. I'm pretty sure it was Herbert Hoover. President Hoover. President Hoover did one term. He didn't want to run for re-election. I mean, we've had presidents that's been good. We've had presidents that's been bad. But the really good ones... The really good ones we never talk about anymore. And why is that? Why do we not dive into history and talk about the ones that help? Is it easier just to dive into history and talk about the ones that pissed us off more? Is it easier to dive into history and talk about the failures that each president has had? Why don't we talk about the successors? Why don't we talk about FDR? Why don't we talk about John F. Kennedy? Why not talk about Theodore Roosevelt? Apparently we don't want to talk about them because they did only good things. And apparently it's really hard to be honest in the White House. Really hard to be honest to be a politician. But those honest traits I see more in Joe Biden than I do Donald Trump. And I stand by my decision. I stand by the opinions. And I stand by the thoughts that I have on this situation. No one is going to change my mind. If I get the chance to go out here and vote, which I plan to do so, my vote will be going to Joe Biden. I am more convinced on Joe's plan. I'm more convinced on the on the deals and the stuff he's putting together to try try to make Native American tribes and, and indigenous people's lives matter. And I can't stand beside while my tribe is voting one way and I vote the other. If I vote for Donald Trump while, you know, 
my people, my family is voting the other way. I would feel like a traitor. I would feel like someone who has turned my back on the Native American community and I won't do that. Now, for those of you who have not heard, Joe also has a plan, a contingency plan, to try to find the missing indigenous children and the women. Where was Donald Trump's plan when all that started? Where was his plan? We still have missing women and children and nobody's even looking. I mean, you know, we still have African American missing women and children and nobody's looking. But are you telling me that a white child that goes missing, that's a priority? That's a priority? I'm not saying that they shouldn't look for them. I'm not being racist in any way possible. But I do think that the, you know, priority standpoint should be on all races, not just one. I don't think that the, the white community... Should be put on a pallet or, 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 yeah, or some kind of pedestal just because they are white. I don't think they should be looked at like they're superior just because they are white. I don't think they should get special treatment just because they're white. I don't agree with that. And I never will agree with it. What we need. What we need, what the American people need is for somebody to listen. I mean, we've had people listen throughout the years. I mean, look at Rush Limbaugh. That man has gotten on his podcast every chance, every opportunity he has got. And he has spoke his mind without a care in the world who he hurts. I respect that man tooth to the bone. I respect him. I mean, he's going through some hard times right now, and I wish him and, the, and his family the best of luck. But we need more guys, more women, more people like him to stand up, speak their mind. I mean, there's consequences for everything that you do, but we do have a freedom of speech for a reason. We have the freedom to say what we want to say. I mean, you can't exactly go to a movie theater and yell fire for no reason. I mean, that's kind of ignorant. But, you know, when it comes to big decisions and everything, we have a reason to be heard. We have a voice and we want to scream. It's just the bottom line. I mean, look at the kids that are struggling to pay for the next semester of college. What's the White House's plan for that? What's Washington, D.C.'s plan to help those students? Where's their relief? I mean, you know, I've also heard that there's possibly cages down at the border for the illegal immigrants. Why are we putting people in cages? You know, back in my day when I was Research and history and everything. That to me was called slavery. Yeah. 
And that word may be trending here soon. Because unless things change, we might be going back to that. And that's not right at all. I believe that somebody should not be judged by the color of their skin, but judged by the content of their character. I believe FDR when he said the only thing a man should fear is fear himself. I believe JFK when he said we can. He said we were going to the moon and we did it. He said that we're not doing things because they're easy, but because they are hard. That's what he said. A lot of these great people were shot down. A lot of these great people died before their time. And now more than ever, I think that we need, we need those great people. We need more great people like that, honestly. And with Donald Trump fighting the Affordable Care Act, and he's been fighting it for years now. Does he not realize that you're about to take health insurance away from somebody who may need it the most? This is a time, this is a crisis that we need the health insurance. We need to be able to go see a doctor and get things done. What's that say to the, the, the mom who has a pre-existing condition due to her breast cancer? Are you telling me that she's a survivor for no reason? Because, I mean, our country is basically showing her that. They're basically saying, we don't care. But I think people need to care. I think families need to come together at this time more than ever. I think the fighting and the bickering needs to stop. I think brothers should join arms for... For the entire lifetime. I mean who cares about their differences. At the end of the day they're still brothers. I think mothers and sons need to start touching base on each other. I need. I, I think that you know boys and girls should have the chance to know who their father are. Have the chance to decide for themselves that they want to know who their dad is. I think those who have lost. People during this virus should have the chance to mourn. But our country, our country doesn't seem to be doing anything about it. Now, South Korea and Canada, they seem to be on top of things. They got the coronavirus at almost, I want to say, the same time we did, if not the exact same time. And we have done little on our part to protect our country, but they are miles ahead of us. They're miles ahead. We can't get a foot in the door with this virus. Now, this virus would have been tough on any president. It would have been tough on Obama. But tough or not, it's the way you react that the American people respond to. If you act like a total jackass on on live television, then guess what? The American people are going to act like jackasses too. But if you take a minute, 
and you put a foot forward and say, hey, I'm going to help stop this and stop calling your, calling your scientists idiots, then maybe the American people can get behind you more. Don't tell us the things you're going to do. Show us. And that's my message to, to Joe, too. And Kamala Harris. If you get elected, don't tell us. Don't tell us what you're going to do. Show us. We don't want to hear those words anymore. We don't want to hear, I'm doing, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We don't want to hear it anymore. We want proof. We want action. We want people to show us these positivities. We want people to get behind the American society. We want people to have our backs for the long run. And it doesn't seem like we can trust our government with that task. It's a simple task. So, I mean, that raises some red flag questions for me. Has our government fallen apart? Have we lost trust in our society? Have we lost trust in our economy? Have we lost the ability to tell what's right and wrong? Now, I watched this last debate, and I will give... Donald some credit. He was more relaxed. He didn't interrupt as much. Maybe because his microphone was turned off. Who knows? But it was a lot better debate than the first one. It didn't seem like two children arguing over a piece of candy this time. It actually seemed like a political debate. But I mean, you know, there's still some talking points and everything I wish both candidates would have covered. I mean, they keep talking about Hang on. Ugh. Time for a dip. They keep talking about this coronavirus. Both candidates keep talking about this coronavirus. Both candidates keep talking about plans that they have. And both candidates keep keep throwing the other candidate under the bus. My challenge to both candidates, I want to see this. I want to see one positive thing about the other candidate. So I challenge, since I'm not going to get it from the candidates, I challenge, I challenge Trump supporters to tell me one good thing about Joe Biden. One good thing that they like about Joe Biden. And I want Joe Biden supporters to tell me one good thing about Donald Trump, and I'll start. Donald Trump. Is not exactly a bad man. I think Donald Trump has good good intentions with a bad cabinet. And I'll tell you why. When it's the fourth quarter of a football game. Now, a lot of you are going to say this has nothing to do with football, but bear with me. I might enlighten you. When you're in the fourth quarter of a football game and your star quarterback is playing well, and then your coach, the coach you've cheered all season for, throws in the third string, the third string quarterback, and expects him to perform the rest of the season, but he doesn't. He doesn't know half the things the first string quarterback already knows. He doesn't know half the playbook. 
Where is our country's playbook? I do believe that if Donald Trump had that playbook, then we'd have a lot better chance at survival during these tough times, but I don't think he's got it. I think Congress threw that out the window. Or they're using it to level a table, who knows. But if Donald Trump's going to be a good president at all, first of all, he's got to get out of his own way. Secondly, he's got to stop spreading bias over certain things, okay? Let's be honest, CNN is not fake news, okay? They, they, they've been reliable on a lot of things. They were one of the first ones that brought us the news on Katrina. So they're not fake news. For a president to say that, I mean, it's basically telling me that this person that we have hired to be our commander-in-chief, this person we have hired to lead us out of the problems that we had, is making more problems, what, because somebody doesn't like him? What, because somebody disagrees with him? What, are you going to arrest everybody because somebody doesn't agree with you? Now, my message to Joe, since I've already put some hankering on Trump. 47 years, Joe. 47 years. You've been trying to push certain policies, and we haven't seen it. So again, like I said about Trump, I want to see action. I don't want to see you talking about it. I want to see action. You can tell me that a Twinkie's going to be free all day long, but unless I see you actually give it to me, I ain't eating it. Seriously, Joe, 47 years. Where's the progress? You had eight years in the White House. You've been promising certain things. Where was it? Why didn't it come? And if it's not the president's fault, if it's not the vice president's fault, then somebody in Congress needs to have a change. Somebody in the House needs to be removed. Because they are pushing this economy down to the toilet. We used to be the best running economy in the world. China used to be second, but give it some time. China's going to be the best. They're going to benefit more. Now, do y'all remember when Donald Trump had that show? The Apprentice is what I think it's called. That may be where he's got his, you know, secret bank account from. Because you got to remember, before being a president, Donald Trump was a billionaire. He ran businesses. He did this. He did that. And by the way, Donald, where's your taxes? We all want to know, where's your taxes? If you're paying $750 in taxes, I pay more as a janitor. That's sad. It's really sad. Now, I want to believe at the end of the day that if we give Donald Trump a second term, that he's going to turn things around. I want to believe it. But again, I don't want you to tell me about it. I want proof. I want somebody to show me. Prove to me that Donald Trump can lead us for four more years and I might get behind you. Change my mind. But I don't think it's going to happen, honestly. Honestly, in my personal opinion, I think our best bet 
It's who's trying to become president and not who is actually president. I mean, you know, look at Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton did some great things. Bill Clinton... Bill Clinton may have had sexual relations with that woman. But still, there's some positives you could take out of his presidency. There's positives you can take out of Joe Car Jimmy Carter's. There's positives you could take out of Ronald Reagan, Richard Nixon, Abraham Lincoln, James Buchanan. There's positives you can take from each one of them. And I'm sure years down the road... We're going to be looking at Don back at Donald Trump, and there's probably going to be some positives we can take from him. But so far, the train looks like it's derailing, not progressing. We are literally one cough and sneeze away from being in the Great Depression all over again, and nobody's turning a finger, nobody's writing a pen, nobody's, you know, making a statement. And we need those. We need those statements. We need those comments. We need reassurance in our time of need. We need the American people to believe that they are safe in this country. And at this time, they do not. They do not. I don't feel safe right now. I mean, I have a, I have a, I have a great woman. I have three great children in this house right now. I used to be able to lock my doors and feel like I'm safe. But now I lock my doors and I lock my windows and I wonder to myself, is that enough? Is that enough? Am I going to have to defend my house today because somebody feels froggy? It's just the times that we've come down to, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't think it's going to be fixed in the next three years. But, that's just me. Now, new topic today. When I was doing some discussions with my family this past week, and they had given me an idea for... Um, something to, I guess, um, add to my podcast that I thought was a really good idea. Um, and I want to share those with you. Um, this new segment is called Today in History, because I love history so much, and I love being able to share history with my listeners, so... Today in history, today is the 29th, I do believe, yes it is, today, oh happy Halloween to everybody. Um, okay, so today in history, okay, let's go back to 1929. On this day in history in 1929 was Black Tuesday, the most catastrophic day in stock market history, the herald of the Great Depression. 16 million shares were sold at declining prices by mid-November. $30 billion of the $80 billion worth of stocks listed in September will have been wiped out. Um, 
Now let's move down to um, let's see here. Okay, 1983, more than 500,000 people protest um, in the Netherlands across or against cruise missiles. Um, 1998, the deadliest Atlantic hurricane on record up to that point in 2005, and as you know, in 2005, Hurricane Wilma surpassed this. But at the time, the deadliest Atlantic hurricane on record was Hurricane Mitch. And he made his landfall in the, uh, in some kind of country. I can't pronounce that word. But, if you remember correctly, you know, Hurricane Mitch, from what I've heard, stalled out in one place and, he, and it stayed there. For numerous amount of days. 1998. John Glenn at age 77. Became the oldest person to go into outer space. He is part of the crew of Space Shuttle Discovery. Um, 2004. For the first time. Osama Bin Laden admits direct responsibility. For the September 11th attacks. <coughs> Excuse me. 2008, or, yeah, 2008, Delta and Northwest Airlines merged, forming the world's largest airline. And in 2012, Hurricane Sandy devastates much of the East Coast of the United States. Nearly 300 died directly or indirectly from the storm. Now, also in history, let's see here. Here we we saw Winona Ryder um, become famous during that time in 1971. Now another topic I want to get into today, if I still have time, I do. Um, the poll numbers for this election. Now you're going to hear different stories, but I have the actual poll numbers here. I have the truth, and on this show you hear honesty. That's it. So, with the race for the presidency approaching its end among a raging pandemic, Democrat nominee Joe Biden maintains a substantial lead over President Donald Trump nationwide. According to a new CNN poll, you know, that fake news source, according to a poll among likely voters, 54% back Biden and 42% back Trump. Biden has held a lead in every CNN poll on on the matchup since 2019. He has held a uh, stat significant average in every high quality national poll since the spring. Although the election will ultimately be de decided by the statewide results, each drive the electoral college. Now, what that means is you are electing basically electing those people to vote for the president to go into office. So the, if, you know, as, as we've seen in the past, if a candidate doesn't have uh, so many electoral colleges, um, they won't 
become president. So we'll have to see how that works out to itself. Okay, so the polls offer no indication that Trump's four-year-long campaign for re-election has managed to garner new substantial new supporters um, since his narrow win in 2016. Barring major changes in the landscape in the final days of the race, Trump's chances for closing the gap are deeply dependent on Election Day turnout. The The poll finds that among those who have already voted, 64% Biden to 34% Trump, or who planned to vote early but had not yet done at so at the time, they were interviewed, 63% Biden to 33% Trump. Biden holds nearly two-thirds support. Trump leads 59% to 36 though. Among those who say they plan to vote on election day, uh, the demographic uh, shames that have defined the nation's politics in the last four years remain in place. Women's women break sharply for Biden, among to or sixty-one percent to thirty-seven percent among men is nearly even split. 48% for Trump, 47 for Biden. Voters of color support the Democrat by a nearly 50% margin, while white voters split 50% for Trump to 48% for Biden. Those near-even numbers among men and among white voters mass significant divides by elect- or education among whites and by race across genders. Women of color, 77% Biden to 21% Trump. White women, 54% Biden to 45% Trump. Both break for Biden. As do men of color. White men, however, favor Trump by 56%. Those with college degrees favor Biden by 30 points. While those without degrees split evenly. Among White voters, the difference is larger. White voters with college degrees favor Biden. Those white voters who do not hold a four-year degree are are a mere image, breaking 58% for Trump. Among those white voters with degrees, the gender gap is relatively small, but it is a yawning 38 points between white women without degrees, and white women without or with degrees. Um, and seniors who shifted to in the Democratic direction in 2018 polls are solidly in Biden's corner in this poll. The presidential approval rating in the polls stand at 42% above or approved to 54% disapprove among all adults. Among likely voters, it is a similar 42%. Um, Only about 4 in 10 Americans say things are going well in the country right now. That figure has only dipped lower twice in re-election years since 1980. In 1992, 35% going well, and in 1980, 32% going well. Um, So, that is not really shocking to me honestly history has shown 
differences. History has shown, you know, what we can and can't consider. Um, but, I mean, what history is showing us right now is that Joe Biden may actually win this election. Now, another topic I want to get to before I run out of time. Each episode that I'm going to be doing, I will be giving you at least two or three amazing facts about the White House leading up to the election day. Now, I may do it sometime after election day too. I'm just not aware of this yet. But my goal starting next week is to start doing this podcast three times a week. It'll be Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So keep watch for my episodes. Okay, so, let's start with number one, which is obvious, the White House is big, I mean, really big. Um, For the first and foremost, you know, the White House is like a mansion. Consider this, the White House residence spans six floors and includes 132 rooms and 35 bathrooms. This makes for 412 doors. 28 fireplaces, 8 staircases, 3 elevators, and the setup for an epic game of hide-and-seek. The White House's architect, the guy who created the White House, was not American. Shocker there, right? It was designed by James Hoban, an Irish architect who began his stateside career in Philadelphia in 1785. Um, It didn't always have an official name, so the name wasn't officially adopted until 1901, when Teddy Roosevelt decided to change it from the executive executive residence. He noted the state's governors had executive residence, and he wanted to make sure that the the uh, the the Potus, uh residents had a more distinctive title. And the last fact I'm giving you today: John Adams was the first president to live in the White House. Though George Washington was responsible for commissioning the construction of the White House, choosing the site and improving its design. He never actually lived there. That honor went to President Number 2, John Adams. Washington's term ended in 1797, three years before the White House was completed in 1800. He died in in 1799, meaning he never set even one foot in the completed building. He's the only U.S. president to have not lived in the White House. I got time for a few more. Uh, Moving day is hectic, to say the least. And you can see why. Um, Now, the White House, it was indeed built by slaves. Since Michelle Obama struck a nerve by expressing her feelings about waking up every day in a house built by slaves, this White House fact has become common knowledge. And it shouldn't be surprising considering the state of the United States at the time the White House was built, White House records show that African American slaves were trained on the spot to fill certain capacities such as quarryman, brickmaker, and carpenter. So I will be giving you more facts 
next week. But until then, I want to encourage every American out here to get out here and vote. Again, I would like to say thank you to those who have helped me with my podcast. And again, I would like to um, uh, tell you that my brother does have a podcast. Uh, It is uh, Matthew Super Rice, I believe. Um, It has a picture of Donald Trump. Um, So if you get the chance, give it a listen. Um, See what you think. Um, Until then. I will join you next week for another helping of Rice Pinion. For this segment, I'm your host, Zachariah Rice. Thank you. Have a nice day, and God bless America.